and welcome to Ad Creeps, a podcast where we dissect and correct the TV ads that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. This is season three. We're back, baby. And in this season, one of your hosts will be starting HRT, and the other one may or may not be re-downloading WoW onto their computer. Okay, okay, okay. No, I didn't... I I didn't say. Nothing's been confirmed. (laughs) One of us is also already on (laughs) HRT. Two years, baby. So maybe, I don't know, you might be able to guess. Anyway, I'm Dee. This I'm, is this is my best friend Al. I'm Al. So and he's my best friend <laughs> too. Aww. Season three, we're admitting that we're each other's best friends. I'm sure we said that. I'm sure we absolutely <laughs> have said that. Uh, Al, it's been a while. Yeah, we got to shake off the rust. Oh, we haven't talked to each other since. I haven't seen you in two months. Yeah, once to keep the podcast really fresh. Once we finish, we don't see each other. We no. cut off all communication. It's like the other one doesn't exist. <laughs> we ghost each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mutual ghosting. <laughs> but now we're back. Yeah. Al, I went a little buck wild. Oh, no. I have this story. I've wanted to tell this story for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it got, it got away from me. Oh, no. So, are you ready? I'm ready. It's season three. You know season what? Season three. Go big or go home. So, I'm I'm bringing, this is the energy I'm bringing. Yeah. I'm bringing AP US history. Okay. I'm bringing maybe Unabomber. Oh, no. Uh, I'm bringing a lesbian queen. Whoa, yeah. And I'm bringing a monster. That sounds like a friggin' party to me. <laughs> except, for the, except for the Unabomber. Lesbian, monster, and the Unabomber? All three? What is this, New Year's Eve? <laughs> Yeah. 2023, baby. (laughs) Are you ready? I'm ready. James Fisk Mm. was quite the entrepreneur with an extremely colorful resume. He started off working for a traveling circus, then got into peddling small souvenirs and eventually became a door-to-door salesman. Mm. I wish I was in a time where traveling circus could be on my resume. (laughs) I feel like if you try hard enough. I could be, what would you do in the circus? What would be your job? I mean, (laughs) I feel like I'd be a little clown. (laughs) (laughs) I think you'd be the type of clown that wore just a barrel. You know those? Yeah, absolutely. You know those? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. and then you would stick your head down and like, where'd they go? I'm just a barrel. (laughs) Surprise, I'm a clown. (laughs) (laughs) Or a mime. No, I can be a mime because I I, I gotta talk. I don't think circuses have minds. I gotta be chatting. So. You gotta be, yeah, I'm the barrel guy. French circuses, maybe. French, uh, we don't want to talk about those. <laughs> when he settled in Washington, D.C., he used his talent for schmoozing mm. and fast talk to pick up contracts for the Union Army. Thank God. It, <laughs> we, we dodged a bullet there. It was the Civil War in the United States, so Northern contracts paid well. Fisk was able to make a large enough nest egg that he eventually got into stockbroking. Mm. This is where he met Jay Gould. 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 Gould's journey to money was a bit more traditional. He worked through his father's business, later getting into lumber production and then banking. Fisk's and Gould's earliest collaboration was a scheme to take down Cornelius Vanderbilt. They're going to take down the Vanderbilts. You gotta. Someone has got to take these motherfuckers down. These guys, I'm... You're going to root for them. Oh? Yeah, you're going to... I think they're bad. They're bad boys. But you're going to root for them. Sometimes a bad boy can be a real good man. Sometimes you got to have a bad boy. (laughs) 
<laughs> Together, they issued fraudulent stock in the Erie Railroad, a company hmm. which Vanderbilt was the majority stockholder, enough to weaken the business magnate's position in the company. <laughs> so they literally, like, created fake stock. That's awesome. And sold it to themselves. And Actually, said, we own this. <laughs> Actually, this is mine. Vanderbilt's like, but I, and they're like, but look at the receipts. But, hey, we got the stock, man. <laughs> the fight over the control of the Erie Railroad was extremely messy, but miraculously, Vanderbilt ceded his control. What? And left the company in the hands of Fisk and Gould. <laughs> <laughs> Truly incredible. <laughs> He's like, I guess they have receipts. What? I don't know what to do. <laughs> this is what business rules. <laughs> Can you imagine late 1800s? You just roll up, make face, fake stocks, and now you own a railway? <laughs> The That's power. Extremely Alan D energy, <laughs> to be honest. 2023, we are Fisk and Gould now. We own a railway. I wish. Yeah. Fraud and bribery was great business, so Fisk and Gould continued their games. They made it into Tammany Hall, winning the favor of Boss Tweed in order to allow them to pull more political strings than ever before. Wow. This is also when the two fraudsters began to get involved with gold. Is that Chicago? That is Chicago. Ah, no, New York. New, New, York. York. New York. Okay. That's like um what's it? The 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 um what's the movie with um Daniel Day-Lewis and Leonardo DiCaprio? The Departed? No. No, they're all Irish, but they also the hate Irish. The <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's absolutely it. This is when newly elected president, it's good to be back, folks, (laughs) Ulysses S. Grant almost spoiled their plan. This motherfucker. Ugh. The economy was in the pit since the Civil War, so Grant's treasury came up with a plan to buy back federally issued paper money called greenbacks with gold. So they would, green money was not worth anything. Okay. So then they're like, okay, how about this gold then? Because gold's worth something. Gold's the standard. So they, yeah, it is. (laughs) So then they're like, here, have this gold, then go buy stuff, basically. Okay. They wanted you to buy stuff. Yeah, put it it into the economy. Yeah, this would theoretically help stop stop inflation and give people something of value they could use to spend. But more gold in the economy would ruin the value that Fisk and Gold had built up. They recruited an inside man. (gasps) Abel Rathbone Corbin. Sick name, bro. <laughs> Rathbone. <laughs> a financier and a man married to Grant's sister, Virginia. Oh, my God. Through dinner parties and multiple secret meetings, Corbin tried his best to steer Grant away from releasing a large amount of gold back into the economy to benefit Fisk and Ghoul, basically. Yeah, The wow. three con men were not able to stop it, but they were able to get a tip exactly when Grant would be ordering the sale of $4 million or $88 million today worth of government gold into the economy. Mm. Four days before the secret date, Gould and Fisk bought up as much gold as they could to drive up the price. <laughs> On September 24th, the price of an ounce of gold reached a staggering amount. It was like three times wow. what it had been four days earlier. Enough to make Gould and Fisk some of the wealthiest men in America. With the presidential tip, the two sold their gold at the highest point right before the federal government released their millions worth of gold into the market. Within minutes, the price of gold bottomed out and investors across the United States lost millions. The stock market free fell and bankrupt every Wall Street baron in the country. You're some old-timey Martha Stewart. Hell yeah! They're doing some insider trading. (laughs) I love this. And this this is like... One of the times the economy 
fucking collapse. And it was thanks to these two men. (laughs) I love it. The day that the U.S. gold-backed economy was ruined by two scammers was the first instance of an American Black Friday. Oh. So that's what they called it. That's where we're going. Damn. (laughs) You're doing a heavy hitter. I'm I'm here. You're here. I'm here. You're here. So how did the term Black Friday go to a conman-fueled economic collapse to a post-Thanksgiving holiday shopping free-for-all? That's when we have to go to Philadelphia in the 1950s. Philly was home. I'm sorry, we have to go there. Unfortunately, we do have to go to Philadelphia. (laughs) Philly was home to the post-Thanksgiving Army-Navy football game, an American tradition where two arms of the military-industrial complex get to find out who is better at cradling a giant egg while grappling at other men. It was the Navy, I guess. I guess. They, they, you know what? They know how to hold that egg. Oh, they know how to cradle an egg. (laughs) Football fans flooded into the city from the suburbs uh, after their Thursday Thanksgiving, creating a horde of people downtown. Mm. People took to the streets. Tourists would walk in the middle of the road. Traffic was gridlocked and there was bedlam in the stores. There were even bouts of people just walking out of stores with their arms full of merchandise. <laughs> people, power to the people. They're taking the city of Philadelphia back. Hell yeah, go birds. They're, they're fucking filling, uh, filling uh, was it, giant trash cans and they're making hot tubs. <laughs> just Philly style. This, of course, gave the Philadelphia PD a big old headache. Wham wham. They are forced to do their shitty jobs and work longer shifts as they deal with more traffic jams, accidents, and shoplifting than usual. The cops that would be on the job during Thanksgiving Day long weekend took to calling the chaos Black Friday. Because they're like, oh, we have to. We ha- oh. Bad day to care about Bad merchandise. Yeah, right? We have to protect property from crime. <laughs> wah, wah, it's Black Friday. <laughs> Philly retail owners also picked up the term, but more because of their hatred for their employees. Mm. Quote, the ratio of sales personnel to customer added to the pandemonium, as the frequent custom at the time was for sales associates to call in sick on this day and extend their Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Hell yeah. Writes David Zilla, uh, author of How to Win at Shopping. Yeah, so they didn't, they were understaffed. Wham, wham. <laughs> that's so sad. That's for you. your problem, yeah, actually. That's your, yeah, sorry. By 1961, the term Black Friday had taken root in Philadelphia. Stores tried to change the term to Big Friday. <laughs> That's me. It's the big plague, actually. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) But the public, perhaps wanting to carry on the fact that cops and corporations were miserable, stuck with Black Friday. Mm. It wasn't until 1985 that the idea spread nationwide, and by the late 80s, when we were around, (laughs) retailers successfully were able to change the narrative, creating the myth that Black Friday signified companies moving from in the red to in the black. So that's not <laughs> They made true. that up. They made that they up. They just fully made that in a whole cloth. The tale that corporations only turn a profit the day after American Thanksgiving is ridiculous as they continue to make profits and will always make profits off the back of their chronically abused and underpaid workers. Black Friday is not even historically the largest consumer sales date in the United States. That usually belongs to the Saturday before Christmas. I'd never heard that. That Black Friday was when companies got in the black. Yeah, that's that's the myth. It's like, we have our sales to make money. That's such absolute bullshit. Very transparent bullshit. (laughs) Honey, they're making, sweetie, they're making black all day long. (laughs) They're making all that money. January 1st, they got it. They're taking it from you. And they're not paying any taxes. (laughs) That's why they're in the black. 
North America's Black Friday really came in, into its own in the mid-90s, where crowds flooded Walmarts and Fry's Electronics and Zellers looking for the perfect hypothetical deal. There was one product, however, that really helped give Black Friday its notorious nature. Do you know, I do, do you have a, a feeling about what product yeah, this is caused what we have Black Friday today? This is some jingle all the way shit, isn't it? It is some jingle all the way shit. Hell yeah. Was it? it well, I mean, you're going to find out. I don't but. know if it's this or if it's before this, but the first thing that comes to mind yeah. for me is the Tickle Me Alma. <gasps> Maybe we're going there. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Tickle Me Juggles. <laughs> it started with Chicagoan toy maker Ron Durbin, who was inspired by watching his kids playing at the park one would start laughing, which would cause a string of uncontrollable giggles. Giggles? Giggles. <laughs> <laughs> From the playmates around them. Wow. Drubin tasked himself to create a stuffed animal that would laugh along with the child that owned it. How horrible. <laughs> Cursed. <laughs> you, we haven't even gotten to the curse mark. <laughs> he teamed up with engineer Greg Hyman, and together the two of them created Tickle Me Chimp. <laughs> I'm still on Craig Hyman. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be. A little stuffed monkey that giggled increasingly hard every time someone pressed its tongue. Oh, I hate it. I think I read there's a, a great, like, oral history of Tickle Me Elmo, which mm-hmm. is what we're talking about. And I think um, Ron Durbin, he was talking about how, why, why a chimp? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he mentioned... Was it TJ and the Bear? Oh. As, like, inspiration, like, a chip. Why a chip? I I think that's what it was. (laughs) The prototype was sold to Tyco Toys in 1992, where it transformed and gained some serious IP. Tickle Me Taz was designed in 1995. Is that the... Tasmanian Devil, brother. Yeah. The the guy from the t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's like the Taz was fucking dope in the Taz 90s. Was the, Taz is the emblem of the 90s. Yeah. Oh, God. At the time, Tycho had a juicy plush license for Looney Tunes characters, and perhaps this was a way to cash in. Quote, we might have been looking at doing Tickle Me Tweety, says Jean Murtha, former VP at Marketing Right at Come Tyco. But at the time, Warner Brothers was pushing the Tasmanian devil, and all kinds of research was indicating how popular he was. Boys loved the gruffness of him. The market was reaching a saturation point with Tweety. There had been a lot of Tweety. <laughs> there are two icons of boyhood in the 90s yeah. for me, and mm-hmm. that is Taz and yeah. Bart Simpson. Oh, they were bad boys. They were the bad boys. And you know what? Like, growing up, I saw them, and they both intimidated me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a lot of heat for me. If I don't... Yeah. I gotta get out of the kitchen. I was more of a Sylvester boy. I'll be here with Millhouse. <laughs> Me, me, Sylvester, you, Milhouse. Yeah. This is the vibes that we are carrying through childhood. Oh, no. Tweety wasn't wasn't a thing. Tweety's not on the table. No, no. Tweety was too twee. Yeah. I get it now. Oh. oh. But after lukewarm reception from kids and a truly bizarre corporate argument about whether the kids should tickle Taz or should Taz tickle the kids. What? No. <laughs> I kid you not. not okay. I kid you not. The prototype created never made it to the stores. So I absolutely, working kids television, I absolutely can hear that whole conversation <laughs> happening in my head. <laughs> no, Taz doesn't get tickled. Taz doesn't, no, Taz would never tickle. That's not on brand for Taz. Yeah, no. <laughs> His mouth too big <laughs> to, to laugh. 
can you imagine? Because I can hear the Taz voice. Can you imagine him laughing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sounds like every like, <laughs> fucking preteen boy in the nineties. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's gonna be my ringtone now. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Quote: No one wanted to take care of a Tasmanian devil," said Mark Johnson Williams. I do. <laughs> Electronic designer for Tyco. That's transphobic. <laughs> no one wants to take it. You can't. Well, yeah, aren't they basically extinct now? I guess he was right. Yeah, no one will love me if I'm a tra- if a, I'm a Tasmanian devil. No one will take care of me. <laughs> you don't want to be his friend. They said Taz can take care of himself. Okay. Yeah, that's true, and that's why he could tickle you. Yeah. <laughs> With consent. With consent. Can can me tickle you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can, can me tickle you? Taz? Taz? For, for you? Yeah. Anyway. Quote, it was good for Taz. He had a crazy personality, said former <sighs> vice president for marketing for Tycho Preschool, Janice Yates. But during the evaluation, Tycho decided not to renew the Warner Brother license. So Tycho had Durbin's tickle stuffy idea with no stuffy to tickle. <laughs> you hate. So sad. You hate to hear it, folks. Tickle Reprieve came from the tel- uh, Children's Television Workshop. <laughs> when Jim Henson passed away in 1990, the Sesame Street Muppets were placed into a weird limbo. Henson had clearly stated that all Sesame characters were the products of Children's Television Workshop. But Disney, however, had other ideas. Sharks. Under the screwed guidance of one Michael Eisner. No. He's here. Not him. (laughs) Disney used Henson's death as an opportunity to try to claim all of his properties, including Sesame Street, going so far as putting the Muppets into Disney parks without the approval of the Jim Henson company. Eisner, you son of a bitch. Yeah, he's just like, I don't know if you've seen them. He put like walking characters of the Muppets. Really? Yeah. They're awful. That's oh, just <laughs> They're awful. What a nightmare. <laughs> they are a nightmare. They were a nightmare. Uh, Kermit in a a person in a Kermit costume. It, it cursed. It is cursed. He had no neck. It's not allowed. <laughs> well, Jim, uh, Michael Eisner is like, yes, more of this. <laughs> Children's Television work- Workshop was also in a fight with PBS and their fucking big purple dinosaur. <laughs> Barney was the perfect vehicle for the toy manufacturers since his character was supposed to be a toy that came to life. If everyone hated him. Yeah. Well, the kids didn't. Mm. They were really popular because of the toys. Yeah. As soon as he hit toy stores, he was a hit. So other toy manufacturers became hungry for the next preschool star. In 1995, after dropping the Looney Tunes, Tycho picked up the licensing for Sesame Street. Mm. To the delight of Children's Television Workshop, who is hoping for a soft toy win. A soft toy win. Aren't we all? <laughs> God, I would. <laughs> I just want a soft toy. We all need a soft toy win. After the misstep with Tickle Me Taz, Tycho needed a home run. Their star came in a little red monster who was one of the newer neighbors to be introduced. Elmo was starting to become the forefront of Sesame Street. He was becoming more and more popular with both parents and children. I didn't realize this. Elmo was introduced in 85. Yeah, they love this little fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Elmo! Elmo! I love how everyone has an Elmo voice. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I am Elmo. What's that Rocky hates? What's the... Oh, Rocco. You love to see a puppet hate on an animated Iconic feud. <laughs> what if they're enemies to lovers? <laughs> That's what I would love. Elmo secretly love Rocco. <laughs> We're boyfriends now. <laughs> Quote, we didn't do a lot of Elmo products at first, says former vice president of licensing at Sesame Workshop. 
But in the early 90s, uh, we started getting calls from parents, quote, my kid loves Elmo. My kid wants to go to sleep with Elmo. <laughs> what? <laughs> Elmo isn't isn't cool with that. Elmo doesn't consent. Um, I'm just a, I'm Elmo's just a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Elmo's just in preschool. Please. <laughs> the first Tickle Me Elmo debuted at the New York Toy Fair on February 1996. Mm. At the time, Tyco's preschool division wasn't advertising to children, so they had to make sure that parents and their children would be able to see the Elmo in action before spending $29.95. Tyco piloted the Try Me concept. Batteries would be put in the toy during manufacturing. Kids could now walk down the aisle, squeeze Elmo's little hand, and he'd laugh right on the shelf. That was the first time. The first time that batteries were included. Yeah, yeah. And there's a whole article, or part of the article was like, they had to figure out how not to burn out the Elmos because people would be pressing him on the stores. So there's like a little like strip that he's in like B mode until you pull out the strip and then he vibrates and he's on A mode. Yeah. Okay. And then he vibrates. The discussion about how much Elmo would vibrate was intense. <laughs> I even put it in here, but there was like real discussions on, we have to make sure it doesn't look like Elmo is having a seizure. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> right? Before Elmo became a hit, Tycho had to face some unusual spotlight. Janice Yates, at the time the Associate Vice President of Marketing and Development at Tyco, was on a plane to San Francisco with a bucket of electronics on her way back to work with electronics designer Mark Johnson Williams. Even though this was a pre-9-11 world where you could walk on a plane with a literal bucket of electronics, the feds were hot on the trail of the Unabomber. Oh, no. Quote, I was interrogated at the airport because I had all these wires and batteries and tapes, said Yates. They asked me who I was going to see, and that's how they got Mark's name. Oh, no. The FBI was keeping a list of suspects, and one of the ways to get on said list was to order an extremely large amount of electronics. Tycho's electronics man and head developer on Tickle Me Elmo unfortunately found himself on the list. No. (laughs) Quote, there was some funny coincidences. He was last seen in Utah, supposedly. At the same time, I was shooting a toy commercial in Utah, says Johnson Williams. One day he said he was going to blow up San Francisco and then I flew into San Francisco. Every few weeks, the FBI would make a call and ask me more questions. At that point, you kind of have to ask if you're in a Jekyll and Hyde situation. (laughs) Oh my God. Don't you? Could you imagine the history of the electronics designer for Tickle Me Elmo actually blew up like mailboxes and killed people? (laughs) Could you imagine? Yikes. Alternate universe. Yeah. The media picked up on the fact that an engineer of Tickle Me Elmo could potentially be the Unabomber. (laughs) Tyco thought the product was sunk. Oh, well. But then, October 1996, so close to the lucrative Christmas shopping season, things turned around for the little red monster. Comedian Rosie O'Donnell told a story about how her son flushed his beloved Tickle Me Elmo doll down the toilet. Tycho jumped on the opportunity and supplied Rosie's son with another Tickle doll and gave the shows, her talk shows, um, the audience each a Tickle Me Elmo. Rosie killed it as the ultimate pitch man and suddenly popularity skyrocketed. Look under your chair. Look look under your chair. It's a koosh ball. Under the koosh balls, it's a Tickle Me Elmo. (laughs) I would rather have a koosh ball. Really? Yeah. 
Did uh, I guess you and I were old, too yeah. old for Tickle Me. Uh, my sibling. Oh yeah. Owned a Tickle Me. No, I was the youngest, but yeah. I find a koosh ball. I think would be a more pleasurable tactile experience. I, for me. I I love just touching them on my face. You gotta love a koosh. Oh, the bouncy bounce. They don't. Do they make them anymore? Oh, they gotta. They gotta. They gotta, they gotta make a koosh. They They're gotta not make... making a koosh. That's a crime. <laughs> a koochless world. A koochless world. I can't imagine <laughs> it. Almo ended up on the must-buy list across North America. Today's show, Bryant Gumble and Katie Kirk played with a toy on air. Al Roker laughed along with Almo on set, like, <laughs> and he he was, you know, his big old belly yeah, laugh. It was very cute. That's sweet. Almo started to fly off the shelves, and Tycho desperately tried to calculate how many more they would need for the November shopping season. So this, the Rosie thing happened in October. Okay, so they and, had, like, a month. And, like, Almo was not selling. Yeah. Alma was not selling at all. So they were like, okay, well, I guess we give up. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly this happens. And it's like, "Uh uh-oh. Oh, fuck. You line up your factories for 100,000. A week later, you're asking for a million. Jesus. Says Martha. There's just no way to get them into the marketplace. Factory mechanisms were burning out because Almos were being made so quickly. (laughs) Every week, Tycho had to build new manufacturing tools to replace the ones that were breaking from the sheer number of Almos running through them. My God. (laughs) Quote, we ended up not running a full TV campaign, said Yates, pulling some of the back half media and the commercials because we didn't feel it was right to continue advertising the item to gain awareness and sales when we barely could support all the pent-up demand. So the the advertising I'm going to show you, it was barely seen. Wow. Because they just, they knew. Yeah, was, they knew they couldn't deliver. That's wild. But nothing could prepare Tyco Toys for Black Friday. Oh, God. This Black Friday, the, the Tickle Me Elmo Black Friday, is why we have Black Friday. It's iconic. Yeah. I mean, we had, you had... um. Well, what's it? Um, Cabbage Patch issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same kind of thing, but it wasn't this, like, Black Friday romp. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened all through Christmas, and this was specifically Tickle Me Ammo Black Friday. I remember this. Me too, God. The frenzy and lack of product led to stampedes and injuries across North America. In Fredericton, yes. New Brunswick, a crowd of 300 people had lined up at the town's Walmart in hopes of grabbing a little red monster. Quote, somebody in the crowd yelled, there is an Elmo! And they rushed us, said Robert Waller, a store clerk who was then trampled by uh, charging customers. He was taken to hospital for treatment. Um, I think they said there was a handful of people, no one died, but Mm. there was a handful of people who were trampled, and that was like, it was all store, like people who work there. Oh my God. Uh, John Gotti Jr., son of late mafia boss John Gotti, was seen entering Toys R Us after hours and walking with, away with several Elmos. <laughs> Did he have a gun on him? Probably. You gotta use those mafia connections, oh I guess. My God. Cartier, Cartier Jewelers offered Elmo free with the purchase of a $1 million necklace. I remember that one, too. Oh, like yeah. Like, buy a $1 million necklace and then get a free Elmo. One Toys R Us district manager pushed a pallet of Elmo's out and watched in horror as parents tore into them without regards for anyone's safety. Quote, did it make us cringe a little, says Ann Kearns from Sesame Workshop. It was nothing we promoted, but there was nothing we could do about it. It was just demand and we weren't ready with the supply. Rosie O'Donnell fucked them. (laughs) (laughs) She did. She did. (laughs) Even people in the industry wanted to get their hands on Elmo. Nintendo traded Tyco Crew N64s. Wow. The Letterman people called and gave El- the Elmo crew tickets and sweatshirts. 
Harvey Weinstein, hmm. then at Miramax, contacted, uh, contacted Tycho and no, said... You're correct. <laughs> contacted, contacted Tycho and sent a bunch of Oscar-nominated movies on DVD. Wow. Jill Barrett, the CEO of Mattel, even bargained for one in the halls of Tycho. Like, they, they... Someone they were talking at the oral history was, like, one of the guys, like, had to take the Elmo off the desk and give it to the CEO of Mattel. That's so wild. Yeah. Uh, quote, Al Gore called me, said Jerry Cleary, VP of sales at Tycho Preschool. Uh, I told my secretary to tol- tell him I'm a Republican. <laughs> oh, no. You slammed Al Gore. <laughs> he, he got up the phone and he said, I've been slammed. <laughs> I'll never recover from this. <laughs> now it's time to take it all out on the environment. <laughs> I'll become president one day. You'll see. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> the 1996 Black Friday enthusiasm catapulted Elmo and Tycho into superstardom. By the end of 1996, Tycho had sold a million Elmos. By the first quarter in 1997, they had sold a million more. Oof. At the end of 1997, they had sold four million Elmos. They did not have an... That, and they were coming into the Christmas season with 100,000. Wow. Yeah. It took Toys R Us across the country until June of 1997 to honor all of their rain checks for Black Friday 1996. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's... Millions of Elmos. That's so many Elmos. An army of Elmos. Absolutely. They're still out there, you They're know? Still, are they still tickling me? What? What? Sorry? <laughs> are they still tickle me Elmos? Well, I'm sure they're, you know, as, we've, as we've discussed on uh, an episode where we talked about electronics recycling. Yeah, that's, oh yeah. They'll never die. They'll never die. Um, do you remember during this time, like late 90s, the Elmo, like the Sesame Street like re- reinvigoration and yeah. even for kids like our age yeah, it was absolutely. cool I had a little I was like into Cookie Monster oh, nice. and even in high school I had a little Cookie Monster cookie. yeah I was I mean that was me <laughs> that was me all that was me all day I like Snufflepagus did you? yeah was it popular in your school when you were no? no no it was really popular in this in... you were more into the Cat Street Boys <laughs> well you're up here in Canada <laughs> Northern Getaway was accessible to you <laughs> Amal did not quite bring down the economy like Fisk and Gould, but he sure made sure that Black Friday stayed notorious. Wow. Yeah. Good job, Elmo. Oh, Elmo. We're proud of you. You did it. You did the damn thing. You did the damn thing. Are you ready to see the Tickle Me Elmo commercial that was barely seen because they pulled it? I'm so ready. Yes. (laughs) Let me see this little motherfucker. Okay. He's very cute. (laughs) Uh, You can go to our sources and you can see all of his little little giggle glory. (laughs) We'll return after these messages. Watch out! There's something funny going on. It's new Tickle Me Elmo. Your child tickles Elmo and he talks. That tickles. And laughs. Tickle him again and hold on because his whole body shakes with laughter. Oh boy! So be on the lookout. He's coming to a funny bone near you. Tickle Me Elmo, the newest huggable member of the Tycho Sesame Street family. Welcome back to the show. There's just something about his laugh. The, the, okay, the little toy Elmo is so much cuter than the 2D animated Elmo. But yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. so much cuter. The 2D animated Elmo? Yeah, they have you a... see the 2D? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the one that in the in the picture, yeah. 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 Elmo is good, 
And I like him. Elmo's very sweet. I like Elmo. I love his beef with Rocco. <laughs> uh, I love that he's like, he's a fierce queen and he's willing to tell it how it is. Yeah. And, and honestly, he serves. So. And he's like, tickle me. <laughs> he tells us what he wants. He tells us what he wants. It's giving um, Sesame Street realness. And <laughs> honestly, huh? cunt. So... <laughs> You hear, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> Elmo is serving cunt. <laughs> Welcome to season three. Uh, there's something about a Muppet laugh. Yeah, that that's just very sweet. Gets me. And Elmo has changed voices yeah. si- since we were kids. Um, and there's just something. It's the same with Kermit. There's just something with the Muppet voices you grew up with. Yeah. And when you hear them, it it like in your heart it just melts <laughs> totally there's just something there's something weird and wonderful that's what i just way i feel about lamb chop actually oh yeah really yeah were you big into lamb chop lamb chop was yeah it was <gasps> popping off in bc i guess yeah you it's, it feels like bc was like 10 years <laughs> behind <laughs> in the children's television or maybe just i was <laughs> You're an old soul. Yeah. Can you tell us uh, about this commercial, what you saw? Yeah, okay, so um, Elmo is playing with a child. Yeah. And then... Consensually. Consensually. And then it's like, what if Elmo could laugh? (laughs) That's crazy, right? Uh, And then the kid has an Elmo, one of the... The Tickle Me Elmos. The Tickle Me. And we see it it laugh. It goes... (laughs) You do really good Elmo. I don't believe I do, but thank you. (laughs) Um, that was my juggles. <laughs> same, 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 same thing. And, uh, and then they're like, and if you tickle Elmo even more, he'll spasm. Uh, <laughs> they didn't say spasm. And we do see him vibrate. Oh, they do. And he, oh, Boy, he he's goes. going for it. He goes. I gotta tell you what. He goes. I don't know if you get this. I mean, you know I get this. When there's a point where laughter is so funny, me, like, when I'm laughing, I get to a point where laughing is funny yeah and i can't breathe that absolutely absolutely <laughs> you've seen that happen and then you're like laughing about the fact that you're laughing, laughing and then it seems silly that you're yeah. laughing so you're laughing about that yeah yeah it's just like oh god and i can't and now that i'm officially uh, uh smoking a little bit more um i get that wheeze yeah smoking weed by the way don't worry about it um <laughs> i get that wheeze that that and i just cannot be stopped <laughs> I cannot be stopped. I feel like if I was high, I would fucking love a Tickle Me Elmo. <laughs> right? Also, I didn't add this, but I do want to tell you, the f- first generation of Tickle Me Elmo was naked. Uh, the second had clothes. Oh, yeah. I only remember the naked one. The, yeah, right? And I think, I don't know, was there a meeting about, like, maybe we shouldn't maybe we should <laughs> have a naked like, Elmo? The Sesame Street characters. We're just, all that's, naked. That's we're just all the naked. way they're, we're all, all naked and we're yeah. all cool with it. Yeah. We're just hanging. We're just hanging out. Yeah, we're just hanging. We don't have genitals, so <laughs> it's fine. Bob's over there. Maria's over there. I'm naked over here. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar's in a trash can. We don't know what's going on you know, over there. You know, Stuff Lubbock has that nose, but he's not hanging dong. He's not, he, he's not hanging dong. So it's all good in the <laughs> Sesame Hood. <laughs> Um, it's 2023, Al. Al, what are you going to do? Uh, in, uh, I don't know, maybe there's new listeners, uh, every, at the end of every episode, we try to plus up the commercial. Try to say, hey, if this commercial was made in 2023, what would it look like from our twisted minds, (laughs) from our wacky perspectives? (laughs) Ah, Jokerifying me in 2023. So I'm going to go a little topical. Oh, okay. 
I think there's a new Elmo. It's called there's a new Elmo. Love me Elmo. Love me Elmo. But the important thing about this Elmo yeah. is that the E in his name yeah. is a three. <laughs> oh no. And this Elmo loves you so much. <laughs> he would do anything to protect you. Does he vibrate? I have a question. He does vibrate. Does he vibrate? He does vibrate. <laughs> Same vibration. <laughs> um, and also there's a washable skin. Yeah. You could take his skin off and wash it. But once you take his skin off, yeah. the real Elmo is unleashed. Oh, no. And if anyone harms you even a little bit, don't even worry about it. Because he'll deal with it. <laughs> oh, my God. What will he do? He'll kill you. Oh, my God. Okay. If your mom... Huh? Says you have to go to bed earlier than you want to. Yeah. She's done. Hell yeah. Elmo's going to dispatch her. <laughs> you you need a boundary. Elmo's there. <laughs> if you tell your teacher yeah. that your pronouns are they, them, yeah. and they keep calling you whatever pronouns they think you should have, Elmo's going to kill them. <laughs> All I can think about is like the same size Elmo just getting flung at someone's <laughs> face. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna bite you. <laughs> Sorry, Elmo's gonna end you. He talks about yeah. third person. Uh, so uh, for the commercial, I think you know we see a, a kid. They've got an Elmo. Yeah. They're having a great time. They're laughing. He's vibrating. The kid's yeah. like, "It's crazy. I love it when you do that." Yeah. And then uh, you know, an adult comes in and says, "Okay, give me Elmo. It's time to go to bed." Yeah. Um, you know, no toys in the bed because we don't want the 4G getting to your brain. <laughs> You already got the vaccine, and I don't know what that <laughs> that's, you. Wait, that's, that's too, too much. Far. You're already going to be trans from that, so. <laughs> and then they take the Elmo away, yeah. and the kid stares at Elmo as Elmo's being carried away in their arms, and Elmo looks at the kid, and he winks. Oh. <laughs> and, he, and you just hear a small, <laughs> And then as the kid's sleeping, yeah. the door is, like, open, and the light's kind of shining in. Yeah. And it is casting a red glow. Oh, my God. And it's skitter, 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 skitter. <laughs> and then you see Elmo just, like, settling back. Just running on all fours, <laughs> leaping into the bed, and curling up under the kid's arm. And then, again, a soft giggle. <laughs> Love me, Elmo. Love me, Elmo. Never leave me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Blumhouse will love this. <laughs> this is a May 24 show. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love that. You're welcome. It is because I am going to go see Megan tonight, <laughs> and I will report back to you how <laughs> Elmo, how much we can Elmo-fy it. Okay, good. Oh, my God. I would love to get Elmo-fied. <laughs> I think that's what we're doing now. <laughs> I think that's what's happening in our that's lives. That was my real laugh. <laughs> Oh, thank you for that gift. You're welcome. Do you have another gift for me? I have a gift. I have a local ad from Japan. From Japan? And it is extremely on topic, on vibe, on trend. It's on vibe. It's on much like Elmo. (laughs) Elmo's on vibe. Elmo's on vibe, unfortunately. Elmo has three speeds, and you cannot... You gotta... Folks, Folks, we can't. Folks, in this the year twenty twenty three, you gotta have three speeds. You gotta, because maybe speed one is not enough. <laughs> I gotta update my gear. <laughs> Spend most of your time at speed two, and then when you really need to, you, gotta, you crank it you up. Crank it up. You gotta crank it up. Or if you're greedy, go right on three, baby. Hey. <laughs> Ain't no one gonna hold you back. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> What is it for? 
So that was an ad for Yamanuchi Pharmaceutical Herb Candies. Okay, it did look like little Ricola, like uh-huh. candies. And the catchphrase there is, no more Mondays. No more Mondays. It does feature Juan Garfield the cat. Garfield the cat. Uh... And, but he's not animated. He's like stuffy it's animated. It's like the little one that sits on your windshield, yeah. but he doesn't have the suction oh, cups. I love those. I absolutely love those. And he he's maybe his throat hurts, so he needs to have one of these. Because he had so much lasagna. Oh, it just burned all the way down. <laughs> the animation was really good and it was cute. Really cute. And it looked like at the end of the commercial, you could like write in and pay and get a little stuffy. Like that's I like, hate Mondays. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I love that. I love that. I think this is. I think this is the slogan for 2023. No what? more Mondays. No more Mondays. No more Mondays. What would we have then? Just another Sunday? The other ones. Two Saturdays and a Sunday, baby. We're making our own day. What? Flurves Day. Crumbs Day. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about this. <laughs> we'll, we'll work we'll, we'll it. We'll work we'll we'll it. it. <laughs> I'm not, you know. We'll get back to you. <laughs> We're not in love with either of those. <laughs> I think we just put out two stinkers. <laughs> I think we looked deep into each other's eyes and put out two rancid little... <laughs> Little words that came out of word turns. (laughs) If you have a local ad, you can always write to us at creeps at gmail.com. We'd love to see them. Yeah. You can also find us on Instagram at adcreeps. And for the time being, until it collapses into just the dark hole in the ground that it's heading towards, you can find us on Twitter at adcreeps. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll we'll, we'll miss it. (laughs) Yep. I mean, and by it, I mean all the little rancid ad creeps that we have yeah, been collecting we'll on. Miss, yeah, we'll miss talking to you on Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you can find us other places. Yeah, you can maybe find us other places. Who knows? We also, if you enjoy... Okay, that was really sort of a Look, weird vibe. Look, I'm not vibe. committing to anything. That's just... Okay? I'm hot. Girl shit. I'm hot and young. I don't have to waste my time. <laughs> I know my worth. <laughs> um, I just got a new haircut. I'm confident and cannot be stopped. Clearly. If you enjoy our work, yes. and this is work, like and we have like to research, and we like, <laughs> maybe they have, maybe, they, maybe, maybe that's they, a thing. Maybe you like getting razzed. I'll talk, to you, I'll talk nasty to you. Uh, you can go to our Kofi. We have a Kofi. Yeah, now. we have a Kofi, and um, any donations that we get there help to pay for our hosting fees. Yeah, which is super appreciated, and gives us a little gay treat sometimes. Sometimes we get a little gay treat, and you know what? We need it. We need it. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's bad out there. We need it. Uh, yeah. Okay, I think that's it. That's it. Until next time, we are signing off. But first, a word for my spouse. Okay, you ready? You ready? Sketty? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.